All right, team. Welcome back to the Amazon Private Label Show. Uh, today we have a very, very special guest. We have Adam Schaefer. Uh, Adam has been in and around the Amazon game for probably close to some of you listeners have been alive, the time you've been alive. And so uh, we, we connected with Adam and got to just find out a little bit about his story. And so today we get, a, we get a treat. It's usually just Ryan and I. And so we're going to hear from, from someone who's done, I believe, and he'll feel free to correct me, I believe you've had two different companies on Amazon do like eight or nine figures. So uh, insane experience. I'm sure some gems and some, some things you can take, take on to your business uh, will come from this. But first, Adam... Uh, from Omni Distribution, welcome, and why don't you introduce yourself, my man? So, first of all, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Um, it's a great opportunity to get to talk about Amazon because I think those that are listening are probably into it, addicted to it, passionate about it. I think when you get started, you realize it's like uh, it's like a game. It's like <laughs> it's, it, it really does get into your soul, and you can't stop watching your phone or looking at your Solar Central. Uh, screens to see what's going on and check with your vendors overseas if that's what you're, uh, who you're buying from. But I'm Adam Schaefer, I'm the president, and it's a mouthful, um, but it's omnichanneldistribution.com. And, um, and so omnichanneldistribution.com is a company that um, helps brands navigate and um, accelerate their sales on Amazon. And we do all the services that a full service agency would do um, with one exception. We have skin in the game. So we buy and sell products. So if you are in the biz uh, and you're a brand, there's a chance that you might be selling to Amazon, which is called 1P. And most probably know that. But Amazon buys from the manufacturer of the brand and sells it on their platform or uh, it's 3P or third party where the brand sells it on the platform or other resellers. And so in the world of 3Ps, there's a bunch of different categories. There's the private label brands. But beyond that, going up the food chain is these um, aggregators that roll up a bunch of private label brands. So you got that part of the show. And then you have a bunch of sellers outside of brands that are selling direct, these other sellers are selling products like a reseller or a retailer or a wholesaler. And, um, and, and so we're in the category of that resale wholesale, but um, it, it's really focused with brands for brands, like an extension of their team. So we do, again, all the things to make you successful. And there's a lot uh, that you have to do to be great on Amazon, but we do, buy and sell products, which is interesting. We also do it as a pure agency, and we also create stores for 3Ps. So it's their brand, but we manage it and do it all for them and potentially buy it and sell it. But re really the core is the bigger the brand, most likely we're going to buy and sell. The smaller the brand, uh, most likely we'll buy and sell, um, but maybe it would turn into an agency relationship depending on um, what's best for both. Okay, excellent. And is there a certain niche 
of products you sell or will you guys sell anything that has a certain ROI? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great question because when I, I got into it, we, we came from the technology world. So we were um, we grew up selling Hewlett Packard and the products that you're using right now uh, to do the podcast, uh, you, you know, accessories. And and so we knew those those manufacturers and we knew they had an issue and a problem, which was selling on Amazon. Either they were selling to Amazon and they were not thrilled with the experience, but they loved the volume, but it was hurting their brand or, uh, you know, they were trying to sell themselves or a bunch of sellers were selling their products and destroying their brand uh, for a whole, a whole host of reasons, from pricing to the wrong content. Uh, and, and, um, and so we started there. But once you start selling on Amazon, you learn the game, it could become anything. So right now, uh, 2021, we did about 70 million in revenue. And, and that was through t uh, 10 different categories. So technology is still a big part of it you know, computer products, electronics, but, you know, we're, we're into everything from sporting goods to health and beauty to, you know, home and kitchen. I mean, you name it, we're there. The one thing we, we aren't doing is like um, food that needs to be sold quickly, like perishable food. That's just mm. not our thing. It's not that it's not big, which is not organized for that today. And, you know, maybe in the future we would be, but, um, you know, right now we have about 30 brands that we're managing some of their products. And it's it's a lot of fun because once you you know technology is cool because we dig it, but you know when you start selling products that don't turn that fast and they have a much longer life, you can invest a lot more in the content. Yeah, is for consumables. Is that just because of you're not set up from a compliance? No, no, and it's not consumables. It's it's the food that you eat that goes bad, like lettuce, like the stuff uh -oh. that, you know, like, so, you know, if there's an expiration date in it, um, that's one thing. But if it's got to be kept cold or kept to a certain temperature, it gets hard because we don't have the cold storage setups. I know you can do it and you can get it organized. We just haven't gotten there yet. And it gets more complicated. And, and so, you know, think about all the other categories. Just today, it's not going to be the you know, the ice cream or whatever it would be that would melt by the time you get it or the bread. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, take us back, if you would, to how you originally got introduced to selling on Amazon. Well, um, so, so you know, I look so young, but I am really quite old. And so I've been in, I've been in the industry for like 35 years, believe it or not. Not the Amazon industry, but call it... Um, direct marketing um and and so direct marketing used to be you create a mailing piece or you do a catalog you create a catalog and you mail it to people and so they would get the catalog they would either throw it in the garbage which most do but two percent of them would keep it and buy something from you and call you up on the phone or mail something in and this process took forever cost a fortune you had to kill a lot of trees and, but it was the business. I mean, it was it was huge. And we had a company called Mac Warehouse, which was probably the earliest uh, seller of computer products and Macintosh-related products at the time, Apple-related products. And it was a big business. We went public. We were printing uh, six million catalogs a month um, and maybe more, just, just humongous amount of, of, of paper and trees and ink. And in fact, there was a Seinfeld episode where um, Jerry was really pissed about all the catalogs that he would be getting at home. So he's like Pottery Barn and William Sonoma and Mac Warehouse. And we're like, oh man, we made Seinfeld. I mean, we must be annoying the hell out of people because we were mailing so much. 
and and so what happened quickly was as the internet came out and e-commerce started we were one of the very first companies to embrace it because we did work with Microsoft and these software companies that had the beginnings of a platform and created a website to take e-commerce orders. But we we were so young in this, it, it cost several million dollars. The first site we had to kill after the first year and create another site. And if you think about how Shopify works today, you could just, it's like everything's there. If that existed then, it would yeah. have been so much more fun. But it was painful. And even when orders came in, we weren't smart enough to be able to have it go through our main ERP system. So we had to print it and reorder entry it. And that was the beginning of selling on the internet. We were huge because it was just mail the catalog and instead of calling us on the phone, they went to the website and just placed the order. So it, it started evolving to uh, away from the phone onto the internet. And then it became the game. Like now you gotta be great at e-commerce. You have to have a great e-commerce site. And so we were selling you know, direct to consumer and to businesses via our website. And then what happens is Amazon is out selling books and then they open up the marketplace. And, you know, fast forward a little bit, we had sold that business and now I'm with one of our competitors in a, in a similar role. And um, they want to start an Amazon store. So this was a company called uh, Mac Mall. And Mac Mall started one of the first stores, which was our store, on Amazon. And it was difficult, hard to make money, hard, but it, but it was there was a, a lot of business instantly. But there wasn't all the rules and parameters, so you could, you know, violate things like ship things a few days late, and um, you know maybe be out of stock and cancel it and not get thrown off the the platform. And so Amazon got much 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 better, and so did all the sellers on Amazon have to get much better. And, uh, and and they kind of forced us to be that way. But it, it became a you know, multi-million dollar part of our, our Mac Mall business. And, and it, was, it was just awesome. Fast forward a little bit more, there's a company maybe you've heard of because these are old companies called Tiger Direct. And Tiger Direct was one of the largest online sellers and also retailers of computer products and electronics. And so they had and uh, an Amazon store, and they had a Walmart store when Walmart first came. So this was like at the very beginning, uh, it was truly the Wild West, and it was a ca it was categories that Amazon wasn't even near yet. So there, it wasn't like you were selling against Amazon. You might be selling against somebody else, but not Amazon. Where today, it's a, a different story. But so we've been there and evolved for years and years with Amazon, and had to learn every rule made a lot of mistakes along the way, was confused about a lot of stuff along the way. But one thing's for sure, if you don't stay up to date every single day in this thing, you're going to miss something because Amazon is not always black or white and you got to figure out, even when they make an announcement, what does it really mean? And um, how do you approach it? And if you're not part of a community to ask lots of other people questions and to have experimented, um, you can get burned which means you can get SKUs taken off your, your, your store, you can have your store shut down, really bad stuff. I think anyone who's been selling on Amazon for more than about a year has had a listing pulled in one way or another, whether you can get oh, it back. I hate that. Uh, you know, I had my top seller last year pulled for like six weeks and no, no valid reason, right? Like a, a false. But this is your own brand. This is yeah. your SKU. Okay, yeah. so. Yeah. And so it's just something that, 
you're playing you're playing on their turf, but they created this wonderful you know elephant of businesses that that branch off so oh like, i mean it's amazing <laughs> well you you, you know it, it, it's like friend or foe it's like they they've created a marketplace where yeah. there's a two two point i don't know three or four million three-piece sellers and uh, you know so many of them are entrepreneurs making a living feeding their family you know because of amazon and so you have to say wow i could never do this if it wasn't for them and i think it's an am amazing opportunity but you know, on the other hand, when you have X dollars of inventory and sitting up at FBA and you can't get to it, you can't sell it, you can't do anything with it and your listing's gone, you know, that's also taking somebody that's now making a living and potentially, you know, you know, killing them. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. 100%. So question all the way back when you started, were you able to use FBA or were you shipping on your own? Oh, at the beginning, we would never ship FBA. There was a, a, a lot of reasons for it. It wasn't because it wasn't a good deal at the time. It was because we had our inventory elsewhere, and it, 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 Amazon didn't have the flexibility to ship for us like they do um, for like Shopify and all these others today. And it, it created, um, if you remember at the beginning, Amazon um, didn't um, collect sales tax. And mm. so that was a big deal for us. We were a public company, and... Uh, by having products in their warehouse, it created uh, sales tax liability. So we, we stayed away from that. Um, and as they have embraced sales tax, um, it made it a lot easier for everybody to get involved. Okay, awesome. Um, fast forward to today. So you've, you've basically done it all on Amazon. And in 2022, you know, you can't do things like use rebate sites uh, like you could in the past. That, that's something in the private label community that that kind of was a wave. What are you seeing in terms of strategies, whether it's wholesale or personal brands that, that stand out to you right now? Well, I mean, what's happened is that I, I think it's a good thing uh, and a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing like the rebate sites and some of the tricks that were uh, available to others to get great reviews and to boost up in the rankings um, are gone. I think it levels the playing field a bit more for everybody. Um, I, I also think it makes you become a better marketer um, and tell a better story about your brand. And, and so what I've seen work is been people that have been able to embrace offsite and onsite marketing and advertising, meaning marketing through Google and marketing on Amazon, applying video to it, and then getting social media involved. So it's complicated, it's a pain in the neck, but when you can get it to happen, it can work. You know, there's so many offshore brands and you know, in the last year gotten thrown off the platform that were huge. Yeah. We're talking about billion dollar sales revenue you know, companies. These are not small little companies. Some of them were, but you know, they had the, the fake reviews, which was part of the culture of how they operate in the first place, some of these guys, but it was definitely not a level playing field and it was not great for the consumer. So um, I, I think the government put enough pressure and everybody put enough pressure and Amazon cleaned or tried to clean house. I'm sure there's still some bad players out there, but by doing that, you have to be great. And, you know, one thing I could say is in the early days, you didn't have to be as good. You could uh, post a product, not have the greatest content, but now you have to have great content. So, 
you, you know, what strategies? It's like you got to come to work every day um, or your business or your brand, whatever you want to call it. And you got to you got to be great at telling a story and developing your brand off Amazon and on Amazon. And I don't know how many times I see an advertisement for something that's not on Amazon that I go to Amazon immediately to look for it. So I think uh, th then yeah. there's the stuff that I find on Google that I go right to Amazon or I'm look, going through my phone and I see, you know, the 10 best whatever, and I click it because I want the, one of those 10 best. I want to see what it is. It's the Amazon. And, it, you know, you got to know that. And if you don't know that business, that game of marketing um, and, and understand how to play Google and understand how to play Amazon and coming up with great video, then, uh, you know, you could do well, anything can happen, but you're, it's going to be hard to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of those review sites, if, if, there, if someone has a link and you're looking at three, let's say, that doesn't go to Amazon, a lot of times that's the eliminator for that, that product when you're about to make a buy. So it's, it's, uh, it just is the way it is. It's, it's no turning back now that, that I see. Um, what about, I know you do a lot of B2B sales on Amazon. Is there yeah. a different strategy for B2B than there is B2C? Or, or how do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think Amazon would think that there is too. I mean, you, you, there's different mechanisms you could use on, first of all, do you have a product that is something that a, a, a commercial customer would want? And on Amazon, there's plenty. Um, and, and you could market and advertise it on the, call it the consumer site, which is where the majority of the action takes place today. But then there's the B2B or Amazon business portal. And I think there's so much opportunity on B2B because it, it, I think originally, and, and still to this day, companies that make products that are tailored to companies don't want to be on Amazon. It's gonna, they feel it's going to hurt their brand. Well, then they should talk to us about that because you can protect your brand on Amazon if you work hard and create good contacts and gates. But there's so many businesses buying on Amazon now, and, and Amazon is working hard to get more and more companies. So you have from the smallest mom and pops that are buying on Amazon for their business to the largest companies, largest healthcare organizations, um, the government, uh, state and local uh, governments um, buying from Amazon because it's easy. Um, it's something that they could share with people in their company, giving people different security and different payment um, uh, levels or not able to buy but recommend and you know forward that over like it's a real um, workflow for purchasing uh, purchasing agents and so you could get almost everything there call it the transactional stuff the more complicated stuff you, you probably wouldn't buy there but there's installers and others that live on Amazon and buy from Amazon because it's easier for them to buy the products, have Amazon ship it for free to their customers, and then they come and install it. So you, you know, think about um, access points for wireless networks. You know, where do we sell? We probably sell 50% through the business portal and 50% on the consumer. It's, it's the same basic experience, mm. but on the business side of things, you can have different kind of pricing. You can have quantity discounts. Also, if you're a minority business or uh, a small business, you, and you're certified, you can upload that into Amazon and companies uh, and institutions that need to buy certain amount of product a year from these minority companies or, uh, you know, uh, whatever your distinction would be. You could search it, find it, and fulfill your obligations right there on Amazon. 
So I think, you know, and the reporting they get is great compared to most other um, services. So, so I think growing, growing well, and it's a misnomer that large companies don't buy that way. They definitely buy that way. The, the, the top 100 companies in the United States buy on Amazon. They just might not be buying, you know, you know, some data center integration, but they might be buying a lot of the parts through Amazon um, because it's just easy. It's inexpensive, it's convenient, and it's organized. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a little bit about Omni distribution. How did you guys, where, when did you uh, join up with them? And how did you guys, what is, how do you build to, to 70, 100 million uh, in e-commerce? And, and what is, like, what does your infrastructure look like now? We would love okay. to. Love to learn. I mean, it's a it's a great question. I mean, for, first of all, there are companies that are selling on Amazon that, like I said, they're they're doing a billion. If you go back to private label world, um, and and you look at a Thrasio that's rolled up so many, they'll do about a, a billion. But in the accelerator world, there are companies now that are doing over a billion dollars, eight hundred million, a billion, a billion and a half dollars. They're private, so that's what we believe they're doing, or what the you know, the PR is saying about what they're doing. So, but they got to be in the vicinity. So there's some big, big, big companies selling on Amazon, whether they're selling other people's brands or they're selling private label brands. And, and so, um, you know, I think we're really small still um, compared to where we, we need to get to or we want to get to where our ambition is. But I, I worked for large, very large companies that were publicly traded for a long time. Um, it, you know, selling technology solutions, but also managing and, and developing all the e-commerce sales. And it, it was unfortunate. We used to go around and buy companies and um, and, and then one day uh, we got acquired. So a very large public company acquired us and it was the first time in 35 years I wasn't working. Mm. And, um, and I was kind of weirded out. I didn't know what to do. And I came home my first day and I went to the library to go figure things out. And my wife is like, what are you doing? Going to the library. There's like old people there. You, you got to go get a job, man. You got to get a job. It's like, why? I've been working for 35 years. I want to do my own thing. I want to I wanna do a startup. Like, this is, no, 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 no. You got to get a job. And I'm like, I, I don't really want a job. Uh, so um, I met through old associates at my old job this company in California in Orange County that was in the technology business, but also had an Amazon business. And they were more selling open market products, more like products that you could find opportunistic products mm. and not necessarily um, for the brand. And, and they realized that the best way to go about it was to help brands instead of finding their products where you could find them and selling them um, to, to um, become partners with them and become an extension of their team. And so they really didn't understand how to manage and work with manufacturers and brands. They knew how to manage the marketplace and sell in the marketplace and learn all the, how do you navigate, how do you put a case in when your inventory is lost? How do you make sure that you're getting every penny out of this that you can? Uh, because there's a million ways you could lose that money uh, quickly by simple accidents. So um, I, I met, we fell in love. I love what they were doing because I knew that manufacturers needed help here from them always asking at my other um, previous gig. And I said, this could be 
huge. And then I saw some of the others that were really doing well, and I'm like, wow, if they're doing well, I mean, they're probably really super smart, but we definitely know how to play the Amazon part of this game, and I definitely know how to you know, work with and help brands grow. So let, let's do this thing. And so we, we did, and in pretty short order, you know, you know, we'll, we should do over 100 million this year, um, and and that's without really even scaling up, uh, and that, and that's because we, we'll start with a brand slowly, and get them up and going and build the trust, and then you add more SKUs and more you know more ASINs, and it just takes off. Yeah, do you have a certain size revenue for for brands you work with, or? How do you decide what companies to go with? Yeah, it's a, it's hard because I want to work with everybody. I mean, like so so like I love the challenge of new products, and I think they're they're great. I, I think that there's a lot of heavy lifting, so it's great when the products are selling already, and you unplug from Amazon, you plug into us, and or everybody knows the brand, it makes it a lot easier. But life's not always like that. So you know, it'd be great to have a company that's doing a million dollars a year at least, a minimum in revenue. Um, hoping that the gross margin is, you know, some reasonable percentage of that. But the thing is, if there's legs to it, uh, we think there's legs to it, we think it's a good opportunity. For instance, a company called Shark Wheels. Uh, Shark Wheels is, you know, I, I don't roller skate or skateboard anymore, but it's pretty popular. And then um, they have a proprietary wheel and they have a three-piece store and they're selling through the Shark Wheel store these wheels, and the wheels are selling great. Then they came out with a, a skateboard, a longboard that had their wheels that goes 30 miles an hour, you know, um, uh, with an engine on it, a battery-powered engine. And so they're starting to grow, and, and their claim to fame was the proprietary wheel, and they raised some money on Shark Tank. So it really helped pop their sales. But they knew everything about wheels, they knew everything about skateboards. They knew everything about what the, the, the types of customers that use their products wanted. They were awesome at that, but having to manage the marketplace is very difficult. You, you know, forecasting inventory, buying the inventory, managing the reviews, doing the customer service, doing the creative, although they're very creative, um, you, you know, getting it so that it tells the story right on Amazon, making sure the copy's right. Um, it's, a, it's a big deal. So we, met and started slowly and started managing some of their wheels and then a month or so later it's let's take over the store just take take the store you guys are the e-commerce uh engine for us you're the team you drive it and you know it's still their store it, but we're in it it's our bank information in there we take all the risk and responsibility with their support and um you know that to me was it was it was a tiny brand and it was not doing that much, but we know it will. Uh, so it's like if we see a lot of potential in something, we'll go for it. Mm. And do you are most of these brands already running PPC? Because it, it sounds similar to me, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but like wholesale online arbitrage, the beauty is that you don't have to run PPC as much at least while, when you when people recognize your brand. So how does that work? Yeah, I mean, so some of them are out there. Maybe they were running PPC with an agency or they were doing it themselves. Um, many times they weren't. And um, we'll go in and we'll manage and, and execute the PPC and come up with a strategy for it. And we kind of 
figure out what you know what the the cost to acquire the a cost needs to get to but almost every brand has some current products and then some brand new products that you're trying to launch you know nobody is static so they're all always trying to come up with the next thing and you got to take it together like you know so you're going to get a couple of things that are running and some things that are not running as well then there's a long tail of the product line that doesn't get any love from anyone and then there's a new stuff they're trying to launch and knowing how to launch a product and trying to leverage the current products that are being sold where you can um, and knowing how to give enough love and spend enough money just enough money on some of these long tails really pays off and that's a lot of minutia for them to deal with so they prefer not to so and and it's um, arbitrage is different like you know they're in and out we're trying to be the brand with the brand like so if we're representing um, shark wheel it's all about shark wheel we care about every one of their products we give them advice every day it's like we work for their company um, and we care a lot because we bought their stuff like so we don't want to get stuck with it but we'll always 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 maintain their policies what's a big deal for a brand to trust you is make sure their content is great help them understand what brand registry is if others are trying to sell their products um, or mess with their content or come up with their own content um, help them identify them and give them a strategy and help them get them off we have a brand protection uh, kind of uh, practice that we help a lot of these brands with and 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 show them the growth where they can make money and maintain their minimum advertised price so don't sell it below their minimum advertised price and and if you find others that are out there breaking their rules you work with them and you show them who they are and help them it's not always easy it's a bit of whack-a-mole but we're those are the arbitrage guys um and those are the guys that you know i get it you can make a lot of money playing that game but it, it definitely hurts their channel for sure. Mm-hmm. So th- this is all about being the white knight and, and, and helping brands. I, again, I don't care if it's private label brand that's born on Amazon or it's an own brand. Um, it's protecting the brand because they could have put years and years into developing that brand and some, you know, arbitrager, you know, again, interesting, cool business, but it can hurt um, a brand. And, and sometimes it's the brand's fault because they made that opportunity available because they sold it to Costco and Costco had a super duper sale and um, you, you know they're selling it below cost and the arbitrage guys go into scanners and do the calculator and say okay this works let's buy them yeah that, that's very cool like so you're you're helping them stay pristine and not be devalued as they grow by you know a bunch of hungry uh, entrepreneurs or scammers like Scam- yeah I call them scammers I'm not really and and so you'll talk to my guys and they'll say everybody's a scammer until proven innocent and, and it's kind of true you know and 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 our you know our model on the buy and sell is we make money on margin on the gross margin so yeah it, you know first of all we got to sell it so we don't want to go below map so you don't want to have somebody else in the buy box so you try to work with the brand to make sure they want to you know limit that to exclusive and not have others in there but they have others that'll put products on, but as long as they don't sell it below map, um, that's great. But we want it at map because we want to make as much money as we can. Yeah. You, you know, if we have to keep on fighting others and they allow us to, we don't even want to play. And if we have to go against Amazon, we don't, you know, we wouldn't do the deal. So if they're selling it to Amazon and selling it to us, 
it's it's absolutely no win. You, you you'll you'll lose every time. So that's a that's a no chance. You won't work with a brand who has Amazon on the buy box. No, no. What we'll say is okay. You have three hundred SKUs, or you have twenty SKUs, or you have five SKUs. Sell them the two or three, and sell us two, but don't sell us mm. both the same SKUs because you're not going to want it uh, because they're going to lower the price below map. And I'm going to buy it, and maybe they even maintain your map. I'll never see that buy box because there's, an, you know, yeah. you have to be a different, you have to be X percent lower, and you know, there's no exact number, but we play to figure, you know, figure out what that would be. And then the second you do, ten minutes later, they'll be below you. You're not going to win when Amazon's on the buy box. You're, no, not, and, you're never going to win. No, and 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 every brand that we work with. It makes more money with us than they would selling to Amazon. So I think that's like the easier other than there are people at brands that are dedicated to selling to Amazon and get paid by yeah. the sales. And then you're running into a little bit of a conflict, even if the company might make more money. You know, there's always a little conflict. But when it comes to your your, your midsize or smaller brand, um, they usually get it. You mean... I could sell more, make more money, not have to worry about uh, somebody dropping my price per low map. You're going to help me protect my channel. Um, you're going to buy and sell, so you have skin in the game. I love it. So, you know, you know, how do we start? And the thing is, um, it's it's easy. And we usually like to start slowly, so we can get to know each other and build up run rates and make sure that you know they say, well, we sell 100 a week, and you really find out they're selling 10 a week and. It's like, what, what is that? Why are you going to do that? Like, you know, we'll buy a few months of the stock. We're going to make sure you don't run out of stock. Let's, let's make this work together. And, yeah. you know, for, for the most part, it's, it's, it's been great. Awesome, dude. It's, it's, it's a cool business model. I hadn't, I hadn't quite, I don't hear anyone else doing what you're doing. Um, okay, before we transition to a little bit for our listeners, any Amazon horror stories, or what's your worst? Oh my god! <laughs> what do you want to know? One of something that was just, just a classic Amazon, uh, whether it's unreasonable or just something that stands out to you. Where where to begin? So there's a brand uh, called Klipsch, and they make audio pro pro um, audio products. Really, a great brand, been around for 75 years, and they have a bunch of products and they do incredibly well um, in in big retail and, and on Amazon and the rest. So they had this one product called uh, a, a Pro Media, um, Pro Media Design 2.1 THX computer desktop sound system. Sounds really cool. Two speakers and a subwoofer, um, high quality, awesome, uh, weighs like a boat anchor, like 20, 21 pounds, so not a lot of fun, but so pretty heavy. But what happened is it was a very popular product, um, and Amazon was buying it 1P. Walmart was selling it. I don't know if they were buying it direct, but I, I think they were buying it direct. And then they started selling it to Costco, and Costco took this product, and the map price was 149 and then maybe it was like 129 But Costco dropped it to... 89 then 79 then 69 dollars and you know that's this thing probably weighs you know if you were to ship it from me to you and i was going to do it outside of fba it would, it would cost that much to ship it to you in two days so you know um now they have 80,000 units and 
Costco's using it as a way to get people to come into their stores. Amazon's just dropping it to the ground. Uh, Walmart's dropping it to the ground. And now in come the arbitrage guys, because they're buying it from Costco and they're shipping it up to Amazon or shipping it from their own warehouse. And and, and so it's reorder time. They have 80,000 and Costco's not going to place an order for it. Uh, Amazon's not going to buy it. Nobody's going to buy it because the, the, the price is higher than they could ever get selling it. So we said, we love this product. It's, it's like, it, it was as, as good as number five on the uh, on the BSR uh, bestseller rankings, and, and, and went between oh, number wow. five went between number five and maybe number twelve on a regular basis. So we kind of knew the velocity's been around for a couple of years. It wasn't going away. It's not like this technology changes. So we actually said we'll buy them all from you. It was like you know, over six million bucks. Uh, if you, you know, rolling them in, but we'll buy them all from you over a certain period of time, but you cannot sell it to anybody else. You cannot sell it to anybody else. No more Costco, no more Walmart, nobody. And so they agreed and we knew how many units were in the channel, all these different places. We knew how long it should take to sell them. And we bought them knowing that we're going to probably have to hold these things for a little bit, but after two months, a month and a half to two months, um, you know, we were selling it, but we were still selling it at, you know, a higher price and we got a few orders, but really it was when all these others sold out, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, the arbitrage guys were back to 129, then 134, then $139 and got the price back up. We're making great margin and, um, we cleaned the channel for them, but that was, um, problematic for them. But now we are the manufacturer's exclusive. Now, the nightmare, well, the nightmare was holding that inventory for that long mm. uh, because it's hard. Can you imagine 80,000 of these 20 pound bricks sitting around? It's a lot of space. But now somebody um, complained to Amazon about something. Now this has been listed and being, it's been sold by Amazon. It's been sold by countless others, the same listing. And somebody complained and Amazon delisted it from us not the universe. So they actually killed our skew. And we put in case after case after case. We, you know, we, we talked to the people at Klipsch. They wrote a letter for us, you know. It's like, depending on who you get, you got to hit everybody in the world at Amazon looking for the right person that's going to understand yeah. that you're the exclusive seller. And look in your, you know, look at your reports. We have thousands of these sitting in your warehouse. Anybody can go look at the stuff anytime in any of the warehouse locations. You know, look at the reviews for the past X years. I mean, it's this product. This is the UPC. This is the ASIN. Um, great. We got another letter from Amazon, from Klipsch, um, you know, much more detailed on their letterhead and filed it. And then three days later after that, now this is now two weeks, we were dark on the skew. We got it back on. But this is like something we made a major investment in. Klipsch, you know, has made a major investment with us. And we're out of market for the last two weeks of the month. And, you know, we're finally back on, but there was no reason. Like you talked about, like you had no idea why you're, you got, it was very similar. Yeah. It's, it's at a certain, you can feel helpless. And, you know, what's, <laughs> what's unfortunate is that sometimes it just takes repetition of creating cases every single day and doing the same Absolutely. thing over and over. And, and you have to get as much backup collateral and hit everybody because 
somebody will ultimately get it. And we even have reps there at Amazon, and they were helping us, and it was difficult. Because no, so that's that's a calamity. Themselves, it's it's so controlled, you know. Like, so you talk to someone on the phone, you're like, "Oh, my listing's back," and then two days later, you're like, "I don't think anything happened." And and so that that's a a, a pretty regular thing that uh, somebody will do something. And sometimes it's some competitor that is trying to sell theirs. And, you know, to be able to prove that to Amazon is difficult. So you just got to go battle through, here's all my evidence of why we should be selling this and why we're the authorized player and blah, 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 blah. And ultimately you'll get the right person. But you got to have patience and know how to write in the Amazon language. Yeah. Adam, this this has been amazing we're, we're definitely going to try to have you back um want to want to leave our listeners who are most of them fairly new to building amazon uh with a little bit of a, a little bit of tips so if you were seeing everything you've you've seen if you were building an amazon fba business today how would how would you think and go about it you know, it's, it's, it's funny, like I want my young kids, they're too young, but I want them to actually do it because I think it's, if you're a creative, um, it, it's, it's so cool because you yeah. can invent a product, whether it's a Me Too or a Me Too done better or understanding a product line so well and knowing that if it had this, it would be what is the big difference. This is what people really want and being able to tell that story. So if, if you don't need a lot of money to do that. And I think it's just a lot of fun. I think, you know, in high school or, or college, kids should try it if they're into running their own business or coming up with their own brand. Because I think we didn't have that opportunity and I, I would I would kill to do it. So I think it's really figuring out what you might, you know, what you might have a passion for. Now, people say, no, 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 you shouldn't do what you have a passion for. But I think you have to combine what you're into um, and, and look at what, holes there are in the market so there's plenty of software like uh helium 10 and 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 the scout products to go look and see and do the research on where there might be the best opportunity for you to go in and make it happen and there's definitely opportunities you just got to be a little patient Mm -hmm. and invest your you know your time in that but i do think that if you do that it's either there's so many categories and sub 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 categories there's niches you know to me i love niches if if it makes sense like if there's if it's an accessory for a tesla you know think about it people have tesla cars they love tesla uh it's it, like it, it's part of them uh it's how they identify with the world and so if you make something that's cool for tesla uh you know it might not be the biggest audience but it's not a small yeah. audience and it's a pretty targeted audience so you'll probably have yeah. better conversion rates but is that what everybody should chase? Ah, I'm going to go after something for the whole automotive uh, category, but maybe not. Maybe go something for the brands that resonate more. Like I, I, I don't know, but you know, maybe Jeep does, or maybe Tesla does, but not all brands. Like I don't know if I'm going to get the Chevette thing, but I might get the, you know, you know, there's certain, and it might not be cars. It could be a bicycle. That's a certain type of bicycle that people really dig. Um, and, and so I think that be creative and look for niches that are big enough to make some money and then you'll learn enough and you'll start getting into other things and one other thing for the the private labelers that are um in the biz and made an investment in a product you know you have prime day coming up in july and you should be 
getting ready for Prime Day. For me, it's like Amazon gives us two holidays. They give us Prime Day or days, which is like a Monday and a Tuesday. It's coming up in July. They didn't exactly say when, but we think it's like the 18th and 19th. But, you know, most likely that's what it'll be. And then there's obviously, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And uh, Prime Day is actually a little bit bigger than, you know, um, Cyber Monday. So I, I think that it's a great time to have some fun increase your sales velocity but start playing the game and try to play it better getting sure making sure your advertising is in place making sure that your products are up at amazon make sure you have enough products making sure you're not going to gap out of products right while you're in the middle of a promotion and, and so there's a lot of planning and a lot of us are not the most difficult you know, disciplined beasts so it's like how do you get disciplined at this when you're the creative and and so we we came up with um, a checklist of, of what to do before, during, and after a prime day. And I think of it like the midterms, like in school, you're always behind all the time until the midterm. And all of a sudden you stay up all night, you do the Adderall, and you're like, boom, I, I got it. I'm ready to go for my test. And then you, you go behind again, and then it's the final. So I think it's like yeah. prime prime day and holiday. So if you if forget prime day, you, could do this, you should do this every day or every week or every month. And it's a great way to build the discipline of – you know, how do I plan? How do I make sure I have enough? Um, how do I make sure that I have the advertising set? How much money do I want to make or want to lose? Do I want to discount this or not this year? Do I want to run a promotion? If I want a promotion, I better get in there quick because somebody else is going to maybe get the spot before I do. Uh, do we need some more video? Uh, the video ads are, you know, really important. Do I want to get something going with the social um, influencer, a micro influencer now? Let me plan it out. And you don't have to break the bank, but just the discipline. And, and so... You know, if they come to our site, omnichanneldistribution.com, we'll have it on the show notes. Uh, you can you can go to the blog section and you could download for free, you know, this um, checklist, which is pretty cool. And, um, you know, it might not apply to all the different things you're doing, but I think it hits, um, you know, most of the points. And, you know, looks something like, I don't know if you can see, but it looks something like oh, this. Yeah. and. This is a yeah, printed yeah, version, yeah. and you know it goes on, and there's a checklist. But you know, go go get one, and yeah. you know, see if it helps. But I'm sure there's plenty of other, you know, uh, you know, tools out there for you to use. But take advantage of of the, the holiday. Take advantage of Prime Day. Take advantage of every holiday you can. You, you got to get into the mentality of marketing, and not just being a great creator of, of products, but being a great, you know, business person. And not everybody can be great at everything. So leverage help, leverage companies, and um, and look for companies like ours and, and others to help where you need help. Awesome. Adam Schaefer, um, you mentioned Omnidistribution Channel. No, it's Omnichannel, Omnichanneldistribution.com. Anywhere Omnichannel. where people can find you or reach you. Yeah, you can you can always find me on LinkedIn. I, um, I, I promise I'll respond, but I... I've never been great about it, but I am now. So you just go to LinkedIn, Adam Schaefer, and uh, S-H-A-F-F-E-R. Um, I don't do the Twitter stuff because I just haven't been able to maintain it. But LinkedIn, <laughs> I do spend some time. Awesome. And we will have everything in the show notes. So if you want to grab that Prime Day guide, uh, get in touch. Oh, that's a great idea. Super. Yeah. And so Adam Schaefer... Appreciate you, my man. Hope, hopefully, have nice. you back, and uh, we have a lot to learn. So, thanks, thanks for, for uh, thanks for having me on. Love uh, hanging out with you guys, and 
somehow, Michael, we should go over to London and, and hang out there with you. I right? Mean, Absolutely. We're actually heading over to New York uh, in June. Uh, we've got a couple of days out there. We're going to shoot some content and uh, do some cool Amazon stuff over there. So you know, I think maybe get another some, podcast going. There's, a, there's some show I thought at Javits and um, Javits Center in New York on uh, in June. I'll take a look, but maybe it's one of the magic shows or a retailer show. But um, it'd be cool to meet you. But London's a lot more fun. <laughs> so don't, don't take that fun away. Yeah. Hey, I'll down. And if we're in Florida, my man, we'll give you a shot. Oh, my God. Come down to Miami, and you can help me with the iguanas. It'd be awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sell their skin online. Adam, thank you. Okay. Be good, guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you, Adam. Thanks so much.